Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? I am doing well. Excited to get part two of this episode underway. Um, talking about our preseason board, where we were wrong, where we were right, how our conceptions of these prospects have changed. So let's get back into it. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, before we get started, another reminder that we are going to be doing a uh, live broadcast prep to pro during the NBA draft. Mark your calendars, get ready, should be a fun time. Uh, we'll answer questions. We'll hopefully offer uh, more informed analysis than, than uh, the typical uh, televised draft show. Um, if, you, if you can't be there live, less, we will... Less, less fun comps, unfortunately. Yeah, but we'll, 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 uh, we'll help people that, out with that at some point soon. Uh, there's a little, another little teaser. Um, but yes, uh, it'll be hopefully a fun interactive experience. If you can't be there live, we'll record it and post it as a pod. Uh, so don't worry about that. If you're, if you're not going to be available during the draft, uh, we will have you covered. All right, so let's hop into part two of, of, of revisiting our preseason boards. Uh, we ended last episode on a not-so-fun note. Um, we're going to start this season, this episode on a very fun note with Devin Vassell, um, who I think I was, like, really high on relative to, like, his perception. I had him, like, mid-30s. Um, where did you have him? I also had him in mid-30s. Yeah, we yeah. did an entire episode was- basically – of eating crow, and now we get to say that we love Devin Vassell because he's exactly. exactly. I mean, I don't think any of us kind of envisioned this rise. I mean, he's risen from thirty mid thirties to top three for me. Uh, never in a million years would I have expected that. I mean, like my first impression of Vassell last year. Actually, I, I was looking back. Like my actual first impression was he hit a game winner um, in the AC tournament against Virginia Tech, um, and I, I clipped it. I'm like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him before interesting cool shot and then i you know turns out he's actually like a really kind of cool prospect i'm like you know what this guy's gonna be a cool three and deep wing and then he comes out in the first game and makes six pull-up mid-ranges and we're like yo yeah they were pull up, they were pull up threes 
Were they really? They were not. They weren't all pull up threes. But oh yeah, I think one or two was right. Yeah, yeah. There were there were a few. Yeah, he hit. I think he hit one pull up jumper in his freshman year, and then that game against Pittsburgh in the opener. Uh, Xavier Johnson disappointed, but but uh, Devin Vassell did not. Yeah. So that I mean that's that's really the main thing where my conception has changed, and I mean everyone who isn't the future tellers did. Um, where all of a sudden he is like a legitimate pull up difficult shot making prospect. Um, like he was genuinely good at pull up twos this year on pretty solid volume historically, um, especially considering the shortened season. Where I think there's some real like upside. For, for, for difficult shot making, which is why I'm high on him as I am. I do think the upside consistently is underrated with him. <laughs> Along with, you know, that that pull-up shot making, unlocking some of the passing, which I do think is underrated as well. The passing is limited by his burst and, and strength at this level and, you know, will be at the NBA level without the, the shot making. But I think there's, there's definitely some vision and some functionality there, uh, at least more than the genuine perception. And then, you know, the, the other thing is just the degree of team defensive goodness, um, I mean, before the season, I thought he was like a, a pretty high level wing team defender. Um, did not realize that he was like this level of team defender, this special. Um, like to where he's, you know, one of probably one of the best perimeter team defense prospects in quite a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Vassell was just like the, the offense just totally changing the, the, like the, the perception of his game. And then, you know, putting his team defense on, on full display. Definitely, you know, I, I don't think it was at all a misevaluation because there just wasn't anything to misevaluate. But just, no, if you, if you thought Devin Vassell was a top five to 10 prospect coming to the air, you were crazy. Yeah. If you thought he was a top 35 prospect, you, you, you were probably looked at as crazy uh, by quite a few people. But you were you were right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Um I, I I thought he was an incredible defensive player who could maybe hit spot ups, maybe not really. Who knows? Um, but yeah, incredible defensive wing, uh, special special team defender with unbelievable instincts and unbelievable ground coverage, which I think are like the two most important things in a defensive playmaker. Um, yeah, did not see the crazy pull-up shooting coming did not see it like a a pull-up uh volume and effectiveness that was rivaling like college chris middleton and stuff like that I, that was more college Kawhi and like siakam really like, yeah it was it was not not something that i expected and, and college tatum <laughs> well i actually i have not looked at him in comparison to college tatum i think i have looked at the middleton and butler I, yeah. numbers i've looked at the tatum numbers and he wasn't as good as like a difficult shot maker and pull-up shooter but the volume is similar like and yeah. he wasn't as good as a free throw shooter um, you know, worst shot making prospect, but like the, the, the broadly similar stylistically in um, in that way. Yeah, I I think that the tail end outcomes are definitely there for Vassell because uh, I too like his vision. Uh, think the div- difficult shot making upside is definitely there. Um, I think I'm lower on his median offensively. I think he's like a spot up guy and a one two dribble uh, one two dribble pull up guy. Uh, his burst and strength are really bad. Like he gets walled off all the time. Like he's not going to get to the rim, and I don't really think he can finish once once he's there. Uh, like not going to be a big free throw rate guy. So I think that he's more of a spot up and hitting one two triple pull ups, and and then will make pretty good decisions attacking closeouts. But you know that's not a great offensive player. Uh, I'm I'm envisioning his his value really coming on the defensive end, but a ton of value on that end. Uh, like, so yeah, I would say like value on that end. Like, what was that game changing value? Yeah, on- you know, truly. Um, 
So, yeah, with Vassell, I mean, I think we were kind of spot on that special defensive player. Uh, I, I think that the, the pull-up shooting really kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was a very under-the-radar player because he just was not a yeah. big-time recruit. Um, I mean, his usage was super low, I think. He wasn't a big minutes player. I mean, he was he was intensely draft Twitter in that he was, you know, this skinny wing who was a brilliant team defender who didn't play very much and didn't score. Um, so I, I would assume he wasn't even on mainstream radars, really. No, I don't think so. So we were kind of ready for it when it, you know, when he comes out against Pittsburgh and it's like, what on earth is this fire breathing monster? Um, we were like, yeah, Devin Vassell, this guy is, uh, was already kind of a stud. Um, this, this is not, you know, the kind of stud we thought he is. Yeah. The, the, I don't think there was any way to see the offense coming. I, I don't know that I found a person that was like, uh, intimately familiar with Vassell as a high school player. Um, yeah. I mean, he was but, what, like a two-star recruit? Like, yeah, he was more? not he was not a big time recruit. Um, so maybe this off the dribble game was there more than uh if you know yeah. if there are people who who are familiar with Devin Vassell as a high school player, let us know. I'd be curious to know if this is sort of a a, a play style and a skill set that's re-emerging for him as opposed to newfound. Um but yeah, I'm I'm you know, I care yeah. kind of less about the the tail end outcomes. I price them in, but I'm I'm really just interested in a special team I mean, defender on the wing. Three star with offers besides FSU from Furman, Indiana State, North Florida, and Stetson. Like Yeah. Yeah, man. Good for Florida State. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they're 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 very good at recruiting. They're, they're they recruitment and development, all of that. Yeah. Um Okay, should we move on to can't spend on the cell? I mean, we we could, but Onyeka Kongu now. Yeah, let's talk about Onyeka. Who um, I had higher than you. I had him like early twenties. Yeah, I think I had him early forties. But either way, very kind of very quickly rose into that top conversation um, after being kind of obviously very very good right out of the gate for USC. Like I'm pretty sure, like early in the season, he was. Give great. some background on, uh, sort of how he was perceived, draft Twitter mainstream. Yeah, I mean Onyeka, just this like, pretty, pretty, pretty athletic center. Um, you know, uh, like pretty moves well, pretty, pretty solid as a rim protector. Um, and then offensively, you know, some flashes of passing. I think that the pick and roll finishing was pretty good. Some post stuff. I think all of it was just kind of amplified at USC. Yeah, but I think he was he was also kind of overshadowed no matter where he played. Like oh, AU, yeah. he played with the Mobleys, and then yeah. he, he played he at played Chino Hills. Yeah, yeah, he played at Chino Hills, and so people kind of knew him from playing with the Ball Brothers his freshman year. It was when he played with all of them. Um, but you know, he was he was not um, what was he, he was not uh, all American, correct? I don't think um, so. I mean, he was just never really considered as seriously as the other guys he played with yeah like no involvement in team usa i think not an all-american like he was just not on like these all-star cir- circuits he was not yeah you know well regarded and then um, he goes out and puts up 20 and 10 in his first two college games and then 33 in his fifth and all of a sudden people are like whoa this onyeka kongu guy is legit um i think he was established pretty quickly that he was legit um Definitely did not realize how good of, of, of just a defensive mover he is. He was, uh, he is um, in, in guarding the pick and roll. Off, like we said, coverage versatility is the name of the game for him. 
did not realize just how good he was there. Uh, and then, I mean, I think the offense, just the, the, the degrees of which the things he was good at, like a better finisher than I thought, a better roller than I thought, um, especially as the season went on, a better passer than I thought. There's like a totally different level big man, I think, than most people expected, like even those who were the highest on him. Yeah, shout out to Ross Homan, who had him 16th above James Wiseman, Oscar Sheway. Uh I mean, I think I think is his top ranked uh, center. Good call. Um, even then, like like I said, even Ross, who probably was the highest out of anybody, only had him as a out of lottery guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, Onyeka has made large improvements as a passer, and that sustained through college. Like he got better as the season went on for sure. His best passing game ever was his final game of college against UCLA. Uh, yeah, he was a, I thought some of his post-passing in high school and AAU was interesting, but he was a slow processor for sure. Uh, still has issues there. Like it's not super, super quick, but has, has made strides, Improved. especially, you know, like, you know, like the last game of the season, like the, the UCLA game towards the end of the season, especially like, yeah, I, I for sure had size concerns with him and I still do to an extent. I think that could be a, a bit of a ceiling limiter for him just really being a dominant finisher on the interior. I worry about the non-dunk finishing given his size. Um, worry, yeah, a little bit about his having top-end interior D impact uh, with his size, but I'm, I'm not that concerned about it. Uh, I don't think I appreciated how uniquely good of a vertical athlete he is in his quickness off the ground, his, uh, you know, versatility. Um, it's just the fact that he doesn't need any load that he can – doesn't need to set his feet properly that he can just he can just jump and he can get up quickly no matter what um yeah i think probably underrated his mobility like we've said not bam he he doesn't move like that he's not even a full he's not a full-time switch guy but he is unfair to compare anybody to that yeah he he's mobile once he calms down some handsiness he'll be a good hedge guy uh late switch guy um not not uh not a switch everything guy uh, but coverage versatile, maneuvers space incredibly well, very quick off the ground, versatile jumper, um, not versatile jump shot, like versatile jumper can jump out of a back pedal, uh, can explode while rolling to the rim. Uh, yeah, will be a very good pick and roll player on both ends. Um, maybe a little bit of face up scoring. Just just a safe bet to be a valuable big man and a valuable NBA player. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I'm curious to go back and, and rewatch Simonyeka because evidently there there were reasons to believe uh, because you know Ross is is very smart and and saw that um, and and was you know was telling everyone he he was he was uh, he was definitely going to bat for Onyeka. Um but yeah I, I think that you know we he, he was not a guy I think who was given enough of a chance given his lack of accolades coming into the year yeah. All right, so our next guy is Patrick Williams, who I didn't really know much about. Um, I think I ranked him, like, bottom top 60 or a little out after, like, a game or two in clips. Um, I know you saw more of him um, pre-college than I did. So Not that much more, honestly. Um, yeah, I had him in, like, the 40s or 50s. Uh, I thought the appeal was kind of he's very large, very young, and not actively bad. Um, turns out, in fact, he's very good. Uh, probably at the time didn't give him enough credit for some of his tough shot making that he has some, some, uh, pull up ability, but yeah, I just didn't appreciate that. He's a really interesting defensive prospect, uh, that he has very good instincts and that his interior help defense is, is really fantastic that he's got great verticality, uh, really strong second jump ability, 
uh, just a really skilled rim protector, frankly. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of where the bulk of his, his uh, value comes from. Um, yeah, I think that it, it was instructive in that, like finding guys that young and that size who are not actively bad is actually kind of hard. Um, there aren't human beings that large. There, there just aren't that many of them. Um, and to, you know, to be kind of a blank slate um, is actually a positive. Um, he's someone I, again, I, I probably, I want to go back and sort of revisit him and see if I just didn't give him enough credit for actually being interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Patrick Williams a lot as a defensive prospect as a, uh, spot up, close out attack, make good decisions off closeouts, get to the rim with his ability to cover ground easily. Maybe I also like some, some like small ball five type things with him. Cause I do think that he's explosive vertically could actually have some utility on the roll uh, and has nice passing there as well. Yeah. I think the main thing over I overlooked was like, again, like, like looking back, like I just didn't really think much of like the, the pull-up shooting a little bit. Um, I should have thought more of it. And, you know, again, it's like, even going back to like 16, 17 year old Patrick Williams at six foot eight, being comfortable with with tough shots off the dribble, like I definitely think I took that for granted. Um, I I mean I just don't remember him being that special on defense. Um, definitely not some not like some of the very rare and special passing he flashed at Florida State. Um, I that I what didn't even think about. Um, yeah, I just like wasn't really on my radar as, as a guy who was too super legit until he comes out of Florida state. Um, and is this awesome rim protector with some plenty of versatile offensive skill, the pull up shooting, some really impressive passing, some interior interior play as, as, as more of a big man, just all of that is super impressive. Um, yeah, it just came out, came out of nowhere for me. Um, again, like wasn't a guy I, I really had much knowledge on um, his, his tape was kind of hard to find before college but yeah i mean from from that to uh pretty clear lotto prospects uh another fsu big riser big shocker yeah i i the one thing i i did flip on pat will really quickly like pretty much as soon as i saw him at fsu i was like whoa this guy is is legit um so i i corrected my mistake quickly i think but yeah definitely did not give him enough credit preseason yeah um Next, we've got oh yes, now now we've got guys that we didn't miss on that we were right about. <laughs> uh, so Isaac Okoro by RSCI was like outside the top thirty. Um, I had him fourth coming. Yeah, he was like uh, not really. Also had him fourth. Coming. Not. Re- yeah, not really on mainstream radars that seriously. Uh, yeah, we both had him fourth. Draft Twitter consensus was pretty high on him. I would say consensus top 10 guy for draft Twitter at the very least. Um, a little bit different of a prospect now than I thought he was then. I thought coming into the year that he was a an all-time defensive prospect instead of just a great one and like an all-defense prospect for sure. But I thought he – I really thought he was like like could be an all-time defender. Um and I think that his team defense maybe disappointed a little bit that he just wasn't that crazy of a playmaker. And I think that definitely like it, that could have been anticipated. And I think some people did express concerns about lack of length on the interior that that shows up. And it's, I don't think it's that much of a problem because of his strength and, and vertical athleticism. But uh, I, I think people were, were on point when they suggested that that was a little bit of a concern as a sort of ceiling limiter. 
Um, but I'm higher on him as an offensive player, I think, just because he's improved a ton as a handler. Like, I don't know if you've gone back and watched some of the clips of him handling at um, McEachern. I mean, I haven't gone back, but I remember it being bad. Like, Yeah, so I've watched back some of, some of my clips from there, and he was, like, the most mechanical handler with zero shake whatsoever. And now he's, like, he's got some, like, legit dribble moves. Um, like, he can actually kind of break guys down to go with getting even stronger uh he's lost some of his vert like crazy vertical athleticism still a great vertical athlete with incredible balance great finisher just like a really great slashing prospect and i didn't really think that he could dribble enough to be a great slashing prospect so i've risen on him offensively i really liked his passing i think that's gotten even better and more functional with the handle improvement um but yeah risen on him offensively cooled a little defensively but i still have him top five so He's, he's really sustained for me. I think that he was a really good prospect and still is. Yeah, the defense, I mean, again, like less like Vassell. You know, Vassell is kind of, you know, Vassell being the team defense guy, less less like that uh, than maybe we thought. Yeah, just much better. Again, like almost thought of him as more like a complimentary big type um, offensively. You know, he did some of that uh, at McEachern with, with this, sh- like he had some really good short roll decision making, um, even like some lob finishing. I do think that's still like, in the cards for as as Kokoro as 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 part of his role, but definitely underestimated his, his on ball um, ability. I mean, I don't think underestimated. I just think he he genuinely improved. Um, so yeah, he, he. I mean, like my conception of him like years has changed, even if my ranking of him is like almost exactly the same, or you know, within one or two spots. Um, as it was, you know, it's, there's still a coral skeptics on, you know, draft Twitter. And then the mainstream, I think actually no mainstream, I think is pretty in on a coral, but yeah, the coral's awesome. Was it, was a good Which, call. I, I will uh, say I, I get a coral skepticism for sure. Like, yeah. I think it's reasonable. Um, yeah. To think that like the creation equity is not there, I think is a reasonable take. Especially Obviously a great defense. doesn't improve at all. Like, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I've I've kind of you know I've I've said my piece on why I think that Okoro has creation ability even absent uh, a shot, but um, yeah, I I get disagreeing with that. I think it's a reasonable standpoint. Um, but great another, defensive prospect. Yeah, another great Mike Gribanoff call. He was in on Okoro like way yeah. early, mm-hmm. way early. Yeah, was like this guy he, is great. Yeah, Okoro. He was very obviously like a serious prospect. I will say. Yeah, and to think that he was like universally ranked behind scotty lewis and khalil whitney and just these guys who who were wings like not as athletic as him functionally or like even like purely just vertical athleticism like okoro was pretty nuts in high school and is still really good um like to think that those guys who are not as talented yeah. as left as athletic Can I read as you? Okoro, Here. I'm going to read you some guys above okoro the guys immediately above okoro uh okoro finished rsci uh 36 above him boogie ellis rocket watts johnny juzang cassius stanley jamias ramsey um those are the guys immediately ahead, immediately ahead of him a uh, friend of the program dj carton um and then like you know getting into the top guys but and, and then like keon brooks and armando bakett uh like samuel williamson trendon watford um keep going up the board and then of course like whitney and lewis and stewart and carrie at the top but yeah just like like the guys immediately ahead of him um it's funny that like late 30s rsci had akaro zeke naji and lamello <laughs> and then like yeah. a little later like watson and weems like 
Yeah, Okoro, I think, was very obviously a serious prospect. Um, you know, I, I no, there was. I don't think there was a guarantee that that um, he was going to wind up as a top five guy. And honestly, I think ranking him top five in the preseason might have been overambitious given expectations of him offensively. Um, it was a good call, though. It was no, it was a good call. Well, it was it was a good call, but. I think the fact that, that, yeah, like looking back on it, it was just that I thought that yeah, he was a one of a kind. I was going to say, diff- and also given my like conceptions of the class, like it made sense too. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just think that like it was for me, it was so based on the fact that I thought he was like a one of a kind defensive player. And I like, I thought I really did not think a lot of his offense. Um, I think it's worked out well that, that his offense, that he made huge strides as a handler and that I do believe in him so much as a slashing prospect now. Um, but had that not happened, that rank would have been really overambitious. Cause I think that his, his defense was, is not as unbelievable as I thought. Um, yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, still, still a, a good call. Yeah. Next, uh, another one that we'll, we'll take our victory lap on uh, is Tyrese well, Maxey. Um, I actually, I don't know that this should be a victory lap so much as that our oh, yeah. opinions haven't changed. Oh yeah, I suppose. Just I guess because you know he's still considered pretty lowly in terms of consensus. Yeah, I yeah, I guess like victory lap in terms of being you know consistent. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Maxi, I kind of thought of him what I do now. Uh, I had him fifth. I think I have him fourth or fifth now. Um, Really, really good complimentary guard. Buy him a lot as a three-level scorer. Uh, I think that the huge difference between us and mainstream sources who have kind of, I think, viewed him as a like mid-to-late lottery guy coming into the year and now as a mid-teens, 20s guy, uh, is that they're low on his shot, which I don't think makes a ton of sense. Like, there are mechanical issues there. He needs to add, he needs to just raise every aspect of it, needs to add arc, but... Like his balance is great, his touch is great, his like you know his elbows aligned. Like like the there aren't too many issues with with his with his shot. Like I think it's relatively fixable, and we believe in it long term. Uh, I just yeah, I think that it's just a lack of appreciation for the fact that historically Maxi has been a not just like an adequate shooter, a really really good one. Uh, like like pretty prolific with legit versatility. Um. And then just buying him a lot as a guard scorer, uh, as a guy with like uniquely good touch and refined runner game, um, who has I think plus burst and then like elite strength, uh, like contortion and flexibility, um, touch ambidexterity strength. He is a a, a strength based guard finisher who's actually you know plus plus strength for a guard. Also plus uh, and then, burst as well, like. Yeah, yeah, and then buying him a lot as a defensive player, sound team defender, very, very good uh, on-ball defender with, I think, some versatility that we didn't really see at Kentucky. Yeah, I didn't realize he was as good of a finisher as I think he is now. Um, at, at this, at that point, I had him like, like I always know, like I noted the floater, and that was always a thing that was obviously great. I didn't realize that he was this incredible finisher. Um, yes, the finishing numbers themselves aren't spectacular, but I think it's pretty obvious based on just the tape and all he has that he's projects as a pretty high level guard finisher. Yeah, I did definitely didn't expect that. 
Um, again, like expected the shooting to be a lot better, but you know, taking into into account the the very different Kentucky context than any, than anything he's seen before, and all of the positive indicators, um, not particularly concerned about that. Yeah, I mean, defensively that, and then and then defensively, like stocks were low, but I think definitely a better team defender than the numbers, and pretty on par with what I expected. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, he he's really sound as a team defender. Yeah, I mean, like I'll, not as flashy and not as many plays yeah. as I thought, maybe, but like the like the play to play little stuff is is great. Yeah, and and like I think that there are like actual value adds with him. Like I think that he's like very very good with stunts and digs. Um, it's not yeah, it's not just like doing the bare minimum. Like I think that he actually does exert his impact like on the defensive end a lot more than you see in the stock numbers. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I'm just a big fan. Yeah, he's really good. I I think that like there were people who I think were kind of buying Maxi as um, top three guy. Yeah, as a guy who had like real lead guard equity, and I think that that was was really over uh, ambitious because I was really low on his pick and roll ability coming to the year. Like he he was not a good pick and roll passer. Uh, he just really did not have a feel for for pick and roll uh, in high school or AAU, and still like very clearly doesn't. Um, so I don't think that he's that kind of player. I don't think it was ever really fair to expect that of him. But I, as as like a three level scoring off guard with with like really consistent plus defensive ability he's just a really solid prospect i would just be i'd be very surprised if he's not good like he's yeah. he's he's just yeah. good I at mean, basketball yeah this is another one of the guys who i've just really conf like who i have a lot of confidence in being a good nba player mm-hmm. you know at least relative to the other guys in this class yeah and we have um we have one more guy uh a a favorite of the podcast um who's finally finally seems to have his stock uh catching up a little bit to the caliber of prospect he is um this is a guy who i who came into the year ranked 22 for me and is currently ranked 22 uh, i yeah. think very similar for you ranked uh, i think 25 is like 19 ish now for me yeah so we, our opinions have not really changed at all uh i think in the mainstream it was like not really regarded as a prospect has been pretty popular among draft Twitter. Um, we're talking about Isaiah Joe, the one and only. Um, Discount dev. <laughs> uh, yeah, Isaiah Joe, overambitious, but great team defender. Really, really good instincts. Really physical, uh, despite his lack of strength. Uh, uses his length well. Just Yeah, just a smart and opportunistic guy there. Um, I think adds a ton of value there. I like him a lot as an on-ball defender. Uh, I think that his lateral movement is good and his footwork is really good. Uh, strength will be a very big limiter for him there. Um, and that's kind of like the through line through, through everything in, in his game. That's, that's a question mark is that strength, you know, will, will he have the shooting percentages? You know, will he add the core strength that he needs? Will he ever get to the rim in his entire life? Like, I don't think his burst is necessarily that bad. He just, you know, take one bump and he's offline. And he's got to, you know, He's not getting to the rim. He never gets to the rim, um, but has some real like off the dribble ability, good space creator for, for his own jumpers has some, some ability to, like, you know, he loves throwing pocket passes out of pick and roll. Um, great versatile shooter. Uh, just a very, very good two way player. Yeah. Um, like I said, Isaiah Joe, I think pretty par with my ex- expectation. Yes. Like the, the raw three point percentage was lower 
than many expected. Again, don't think that's a huge issue for you know reasons such as his volume and the versatility and difficult shots he took and the the inherent you know uh, fluctuation of, of three point uh, percentage on a smallish sample of attempts. Yes, Isaiah Joe took a lot of threes, but even that's far from a stable sample. So yeah, I mean, probably like a little better on ball than I expected. Like there is legitimately some like space creation with his step backs, has the pocket pass. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really like his upside, um, given he puts on strength because he's just a really, really freaking good prospect on both ends. Yeah, I mean, somebody both of us were, were rightfully high on and someone who I think is definitely going to be a good value in this class wherever he ends up. For sure, yeah. Isaiah Joe, really good. Should go in the first round. Uh, kind of is creeping into consideration there, it seems, but still more of a second-round guy. But we're thrilled that he put his name back into this draft and uh, offers another option uh, on the wing because they're kind of ap- after Vassell and Akora kind of falls off there. Yep. I think that's all of the the players we had to talk about for a main topic. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it's waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we're gonna move on to catching eye, uh, Max. Uh, what are you talking about today? <sighs> um, I have Andre Jackson, yeah. Uh, who, yeah, you, 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 and PD have talked about a lot in the past. Uh. Yeah, I think it's like very conceivable that he's not a one and done. Uh, he can't shoot. He sure. will shoot, which is good. Uh, but yeah, like th- awful three motion, yeah, hideous jumper um, that doesn't go in. Um, but I think it's very easy to see how he evolves into a really high level prospect at the same time. He is wildly explosive um, and has some real passing ability. Like, I, I don't think that he's an elite wing passer by any means, but he's a good one for sure uh, and has actual like functionality uh, off a live dribble. I think some ambidexterity. Um, does have a flair uh, to him that's not necessarily always productive, uh, but it's definitely entertaining. 
Um, yeah, certainly entertaining. I just but, like how ambitious he is with it too. He's very ambitious. It's not always good, but he is. He's very ambitious. I mean, I'll take him being ambitious and not always good than conservative. Yeah, no, that that's for sure. Um, but what's what's really interesting to me is that if his strength watch thing is real, that he's actually huge now. He has a lot of intrigue to me as a like power wing. Like I think that he could be a really good slasher. Like his handle is pretty damn good for a wing, especially for a guy that age. Like he has some he has some really impressive flashes there. Like he can actually navigate his way to the rim. And if it's down with a couple dribble combos, like yeah. And if it's to a point where you know he breaks down that first guy and help slides over and he's dropping a shoulder into a guy, and instead of him he himself being thrown back fifteen feet, if he can just rise up balanced and like shoot a floater and also draw a foul. You're talking about a pretty interesting power wing prospect. And then on top of that, he's a guy who has made huge strides in his willingness and versatility uh, as a shooter recently. Uh, that just in AAU, he, he attempted at something like 0.75 threes yeah, a game. Yeah, he refused to shoot in AAU. Yeah, it was under one three a game in AAU. And I so I watched a couple of these uh, Albany, Albany High School or something like that games. Um, and... Yeah, he he is like launching them. He's probably taking like five or so a game. Uh, they don't really go in, but he like will shoot off movement and yeah. shoot off the dribble. AAU stats has him at eight two for yeah. eighteen. The, those numbers are kind of wonky because they yeah. have some double counted games. But it's it's yeah, I it's it's and, about uh, yeah, just like missing games too. But yeah, it's in the vicinity of one a game. Uh, it's not a lot. Um, and now he's he's actually taking them. Yeah, so he's he's pretty interesting. If he's if he's really like strong now, I'm very interested. Uh, the shot, yeah, the shot's a huge limiter. Um, yeah, he talks about earlier about I think last episode about hedging high with you know guys that who show the special. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly doing that with Andre Jackson preseason here, yeah. like you said. I mean, certainly. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, despite my my optimism with him. Could, could absolutely envision a world where he flames out and is you know a multi-year prospect and just isn't you know it isn't the passing isn't functional he's the, the strength you know isn't as real as we think the shot is a, a total train wreck at, at the same time i would not be at all surprised if he is like a lottery lock yeah absolutely i mean i wouldn't be surprised to see him the passing is functional and he's putting slashes together and maybe you know the, the shot even if it's baby steps like anything's kind of better than where it was a couple summers ago or yeah, so so he he's kind of a no-brainer to me interesting guy. Now you could be on the skeptical side and say that he's like there's no way he's a one and done and I'm not gonna rank him, but I I'm, I think I'm gonna have him as a as a first entering the year just on account of the fact that like yeah, if if even if he like forget about the shot, if he's just like really, really strong now, as, as is claimed to be the case, then he's a very interesting slashing prospect. And that's not even to talk about his defense, which I think is pretty good at this moment. I mean, he's he tries hard. Good. Yeah, he's, I think it's good. I mean, like his instincts are you know good and not special, but like the, the tools are ridiculous. Like, and just the motor, like, like the motor is so high. Like he plays so hard. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, he's really interesting. Yeah, he's awesome, and UConn is going to be really awesome next year. Yeah, they have a cool like sort of wingy handler tandem there. And and their fringe, I like their fringe guys, uh, like a cock, Polly. Yeah, is Polly going to play? I don't I, know. I, I think I saw that a cock is going to. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know if Polly's going to play. I haven't seen anything on Polly. Yeah, but Book Knight and and Jackson are two like very legitimate prospects. 
Okay. Yeah, should, should, like a kind of like quietly stacked team from a yeah, draft well, perspective. Yeah, they're going to be one of my favorite teams to watch next year, no doubt. Like, yeah, it should be fun. All right. So what I talked about um, last week or like earlier this week at some point, we had high, live high school basketball. Um, we had – I talked about preview this like I think a couple episodes ago, the Geico Flight International um, something tournament. I Geico Flight top flight invite I think is what it was called actually. Um, with some top prospects in throughout a couple high school classes, you had um, Chet Holmgren play – um, the current number one RSCI guy in the high school class of 21, Jaden Hardy, another top 21 prospect, Musa Diabate, another top 21 prospect. Um, and then you had Mikey Williams, uh, another younger top prospect with, with tons of buzz around his name. So I just wanted to talk about a couple of these guys. Um, I guess I'll talk about Chet's performance just because we've done the Chet thing on this podcast quite a bit already. Um, the same old, same old with Chet. Um, in terms of his play and his perception, um, the the rim protection just unbelievable out of this world. In transition, making some stupid plays. Um, I, I think the the game I saw, I I, I didn't see much. Uh, I didn't see like the whole tournament, but I I saw him play against Mikey Williams' team, and it really was like kind of comical, just how good he how good of a rim protector he was. Just nothing got over him. There were, like no fouls at all. Like just stuffed everything. Uh, offensively, like I think he hit a pull up three. But besides from that, he was pretty average. Like, like did did some finishes just by being big, bigger than his, the other team, and um, a couple like bad drives and, and decisions. But again, like still conceived, like you can see on the broadcast and by people you know analyzing and watching, he's perceived as like a real handler and a creator by by some people. Um, and I think the rim protection, as like blatantly obvious as it is, like he had a freaking triple double with blocks, like. It's which he kind of does like pretty often. Um, it's it's pretty obviously incredible and still underappreciated. Um, and then the next top prospect um, is Jaden Hardy out of Nevada. Oh wait, can I? Oh yeah, go. Can I say something about Chet quickly? Yeah, go. Uh, or more of a question. I guess I I have questions and also statements on Chet. Um, did he look uh, strengthened no. at all? No, well, that's really. a shame. Yeah. I think- yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't think so. I mean, nah, n- not notably. Yeah, if maybe like a tiny bit more like muscular visually, but like I don't think it was functional or actually made a difference. Like, yeah, I'm so curious to see how his rim protection translates up to the NCAA level, because if it if you if it even sustains like a ninety percent of it, if he sustains ninety percent of his impact as a rim protector, he is a great prospect. Um, what a special rim protector he is from, from his recognition. He like the most recent time. I, yeah. Cause I was watching Suggs fairly recently and, and watched obviously saw Chet. Um, he had this one where he had like unreal recognition got there from like about the elbow on a, on a blow by from the, from the corner um, went up, like t- completely took away the layup guy goes up for a reverse Chet contorts and blocks it on the other side of the basket um what a ridiculously special rim protector he is yeah, it's I, I, dumb. <laughs> I just so hope that it sustains or that he can just get a little stronger like we've seen it mitigated uh to some extent uh when guys really get into his chest uh he's he's crazy long so he can kind of still disrupt uh shots in, the, in those cases but 
Yeah, I, I so hope that it sustains because he's just a crazy awesome rim protector. So the next top prospect, I think the only other real top prospect, unless I'm forgetting someone, uh, I mean, besides like Mikey Williams, who I'm not going to talk about just because I, you know, I didn't really see much from him and I just don't know enough to, to speak confidently, um, is Jaden Hardy, um, one of the top guys, top recruits in the 2021 high school class. Um, he is like a six foot four, six foot five, like really athletic one, two type. Um, he was like lauded for his difficult shot making, um, and some of the athletic stuff. Um, I'm not really a fan of his to be, to be frank. Um, like, yes, there, there are some ridiculously difficult shots. He makes like, like beyond NBA range pull-ups and tough contested step backs. And there's some legit space creation, um, for the, for dribbles, but he's, I, he, the decision-making for him is just atrocious. Um, he, he will routinely take awful shots early in the shot clock. Um, like, it's, like, it's really, really bad. He, despite being, like, a pretty powerful athlete, he just doesn't get to the rim very often. Um, the team he played, it was, like, the the IMG team. Like, Nash, I think National Spot, like, the team with all the IMG guys. Just, like, threw pressure at him like crazy, and he just couldn't handle it. He made, like, one or two decent passes against the pressure, but it was turnovers and turnovers and bad shots. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I, I don't like Jaden Hardy. He's kind of like the the Ant Edwards, Jalen Green archetype of that class to me, but worse. Like he's not as good as Ant or Jalen Green as a prospect. Um, yeah, he's not like he's not very good. I think. Um, I know people like like him. Uh, people who like him more seem to like his passing more. So I, I went back and watched a little more, and the passing is better than he showed at that. Um, there are some like legitimately pretty good passes where like defenses in high school really like respect his gravity and throw a lot of help at him and he's pretty adept at times at you know taking advantage of that help for some pretty stellar passes if we're being honest but that's just not consistent at all not really any pick and roll game with him to me or at least not 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 anything consistently and defensively just kind of kind of bleh like some rim contests but mostly apathetic um yeah uh, i'm not not a big Jaden hardy fan um i know you haven't seen anything but or much Oh, well, I saw I saw the compilations of him hitting crazy shots yeah. this weekend, and I I DM'd you and PD and just said heuristic intensifies, um, because they were all impossible shots. And yeah, he was making them. That, that's kind of what he does. Like, but yeah, I've not I have not seen him play full games, but I have I have done the brief highlight scouting and been fairly concerned by by the quality of the shots I was seeing there. Yeah. And then, but then, on, the, on to end on a positive note, his his teammate uh, Frankie Collins, who is committed to Michigan, was really really impressive. I I had never heard of Frankie Collins before this tournament. Um, double checking. Yeah, I've I've never heard of him. Uh, plays I plays in in Nevada as well. Four star going to Michigan. Six foot six one point guard. Just the first thing that the things that popped to me are the burst was really really good. Super super quick getting downhill into his drives. And then some like legit live dribble passing with both hands um, showed some manipulation, like, like getting in the air, uh, moving defenders and, and, and hitting passes. Um, the quickness really took advantage, took advantage of his quickness to hit some lay downs, some sharp change of direction as well. 
Um, probably like more of uh, like a good college guard than a real prospect because he's again really small. Um, had a lot of trouble scoring. Uh, the shot didn't seem particularly special. Like he he took some pull ups. Uh, will he was willing to take pull ups but didn't make any, and the shot didn't look particularly special or anything. But yeah, I mean, just like a really fun fun prospect. I posted some clips of him on my Twitter of him, you know, being bursty and a really fun passer. Um, somebody I'm gonna monitor going forward, but probably not you know anyone super serious at least for the moment. Yeah, never heard of him before in my life. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just like, who, who is this, who is this, this guy who, who who's making passes? Yeah, I, I, I had never heard of him before this game. I don't know. I if, if we want to extend this at all, I can pull out random names. Um, but like, because we've only we've only gone like forty five minutes. Um, I guess that that's actually a normal length podcast. Uh, <laughs> have you have you seen um with uh with Caleb Love, uh, Larry Hughes the second? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I mean, he, I haven't focused on him at all. No, well, no. yeah, no. I mean, he just like kind of pops as a guy who's like a pretty good all-around guard, uh, like combo guardy guy. I don't know. He's like a probably a good college player. Yeah. Um, getting very, very back to the roots of of catching eye here. Yeah, we we are. Um, I don't know. Got to give the people the content. Uh, <laughs> any any other draft things you want to discuss? Um, for this year's draft, I mean, I, I mean, I was gonna, Anything, I was really. kind of saving um a catching eye thing for. for for next week, but I'll do it, I guess, here because we have time. Um, I've been watching a lot of the preparing in my preparation for for the twenty one season. Watching a lot of the NBA Global Academy prospects, who a lot of them will play in the NBL. So the two big ones being Josh Gaday and Mojave King, um, and with a couple fringy ones that I'll get to later. I think us all, I guess, I'll mention those guys because we have time and might as well. Um, Gaday, I think, is the biggest name. Um, he is like the leader MVP of that global academy team. Um, at that level, certainly, certainly dominant. Um, six foot eight and one of the best passers, prospect passers in the world of that size, no doubt. Um, live dribble, both hands, incredible vision, manipulation. Um, unbelievably ambitious as a passer. If he's if uh, if a pro, if one of his teammates is open, he will find him. Just an incredibly high level passer. Um, at that at this level and then you know how like often otherwise offensively ha- has nice touch um is again like relies on being really big to score and that that works at his level really nice touch um really great touch and has a little bit of, of, of slash and craft and some strength um but and, and then defensively he's very very smart makes some great rotations has like incredibly quick and and place well-placed hands on, on steals and, and rips but um, I don't really like him as much as a lot of people do because he's because I just don't see you know he, he he's kind of he he reminds me a lot of Halliburton. Um, he's like a imagine if Halliburton was six foot eight and couldn't shoot. Um, that, <laughs> that doesn't sound that good. No, um, that's why I, I have him. I posted like a twenty one board the other day. I had him like mid late forties, and I got a little. How much weaker is he than Denny? Weaker. Um, he, he's like I—he's he, definitely not as weak as Hallie. Um, but he's—he's—he's he's, he's not like rail thin, but he's not built. Um, I think he could definitely add muscle, and he's a better slasher than Hallie. But he just has no burst, no like the handling. So like in transition, there's some deception with his change of pace, but the burst in like isolated situations is so concerning. Like he can't get by anybody. The shot is this like ugly, slow two-three motion shot. With an How is he shot. otherwise off the ball? Oh, he's a smart cutter. Uh, he's a pretty smart cutter. And again, like the off-ball passing is brilliant, but he almost entirely operated on the ball with that team. 
Okay. So yeah, I mean, I he's incredibly fun. Um, he's one of my favorite guys to watch, but I just don't like him as much as a prospect because I'm really worried about the translation up to the NBA level where um, the shot has to improve a ton. Um, I've seen some numbers. I can't. I couldn't. I was looking for them before the show, but I couldn't find them. They they they, they were kind of eh, not very good. But yeah, um, Gaudet is like really really fun. Again, playing in the NBL next season as one of like their next stars. Um, like Lamelo and RJ Hampton were, he's going to be playing for Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide. Um, so he'll probably be pretty good, I think. I'm excited to see him in the NBL. But yeah, not someone I'm like. I think definitely a real prospect and someone who like I is worth ranking and worth considering, but not someone I'm super high on. The, the the prospect who I am really high on is Mojave King, who I think is like a legit first round prospect, um, as like a three and D plus wing, like six foot five, very athletic. Um, defensively pretty complete for like a six foot five wing. I think incredible, like incredibly quick laterally, the lateral burst, the reaction speed on the perimeter, all of that is awesome. Mirroring, cutting off drives. And then, you know, the team defense instincts are great as well. Makes sound rotations. I don't think he's like an, an incredible playmaker, but makes a lot of the little rotations consistently. And then, you know, has strength to guard up as well. Uh, there are times that, you know, at the, the the level that he plays at where he'll, like, pretty comfortably bang with with bigger players. So I think there's definitely some defensive versatility. And then offensively, a, like a really, really good shooter on, on spot-ups and some off-movement. Doesn't really do much off the dribble, but spot-off, off-dribble, like relocating. Again, couldn't find the shooting numbers for him uh, that I have somewhere on my computer, but they, they, they are really quite good. Uh, and I think the free throw is pretty, pretty good as, for him as well. And then, like, he's kind of just like like a little things off ball guy, which I which I I love a lot of what he does. Not really a creator. Um, like the handle is okay. Um, and then like the, he doesn't really get to the rim and finish. But like he he's a super smart cutter, like really active offensive rebounder, re- relocator. Um, kind of ex- pretty explosive attacking off the catch. It was like as like a three like in that like morass of like the late first like mid late first uh in 2021 right now he's one of the guys who i feel pretty good at uh feel pretty good about as like a three and d plus wing um again i, I like him more than good because i just the role translation for me is a lot easier um so yeah i mean i like mojave king a ton um i don't know if you have anything else to, to say about him but i have not seen him he's one of the guys that i very much need to see yeah and there, there are so many guys yeah. that I, I need to revisit or that team is so much fun to watch too like the the global academy team yeah, I'm excited for it. it. Should be fun. And then I'll quickly go over a couple guys on that team. First one is I think it's Ali Khalifa. Uh, I don't know if I said his first name right. He's he's playing next year at Charlotte. Um, so very fringy. He's but he's like a six ten big man who with legit perimeter skill. Like he's a legit DHO operator. Like will like make passes to Cutter. Had a play in the game I saw yesterday where he like like did the DHO keeper and split two defenders and finished a floater. Um, will hit pick and pop threes. Um, isn't like good on the interior on, on either end and is kind of bad on defense, but certainly somebody who like is kind of interesting and very fun to watch. Like I said, plays well playing at Charlotte. So kind of nothing, but he he's, he's certainly good and he's fun. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of pop up on radars early in his career, maybe later. Um, and then the, the maybe bigger, um, fringy guy on that team whose name I'm almost certainly going to butcher. Um, I believe it's it's Benedict uh, Maturin or Matherin. 
I do not know how you say his name. I should have looked it up before this. I wasn't expecting to talk about these guys today, but yeah, um, definitely butchered that. He's going a four-star recruit going to Arizona in their big group of international prospects, kind of like a raw athlete type with, uh, he's like a really powerful and explosive athlete. Like the strength and the burst and the explosion is really obvious on drives. He just is t- like totally will overwhelm defenders. Shows was like a little bit of passing, but you know, not really there uh, at any sort of consistent basis. And then defensively has some super overwhelming moments on the ball where like the lateral mobility and his, his ability to just va- vaporize screens and get and get around them and, and stick in front of guys on and off the ball. It's really good. So yeah, he's um, an interesting long-term prospect who I'm going to track. I mean, Arizona is kind of loaded on those good to solid international guys. So uh, they should be pretty fun, and I think he's going to be pretty fun with them. Yeah, uh, that's all I've got to talk about um, for the Global Academy guys. I've got nothing else. Uh, So I guess we'll just do one final plug for this episode of the live broadcast that we're going to be doing during the draft. Uh, Haven't finalized the plans yet, but we'll probably start um, maybe half an hour before the draft, try to take some questions, talk about some, I mean, may, maybe there'll be, you know, trades to discuss or rumors to discuss. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll be there a little bit before we'll go for the entire draft, uh, both rounds. Um, who, who knows? A long fun night. Yeah. Who, who knows if we'll do some recap after the fact, or if we will have both expired by then, but, um, <laughs> but stop by, it'll be a time um tell your friends we want, we want to try to you know make it a, at least somewhat of a big event uh if you can't make it again we'll, we'll post it after the fact as a podcast it will be in your feeds and if you do show up you should probably go download that and listen to it also because that's good for our download numbers um as always if you if you're new to the pod um go, hop on apple podcast drop us a five-star review it's very helpful we appreciate it um you know uh we we always are, are uh, you know, the, the, it's it's something that actually matters, having those reviews in there. Uh, it's not just uh, for our egos. Um, so please do that. Um, yeah, other than that, I think I think we're good. Yeah, I mean, like like Max said, like if you're new around here, which I, I think we have quite a few new listeners, you know, as expected with the draft moving in. We have, go, like, going back to March, we have, I think, relevant content on a lot of these, you know, almost all of the prospects in this draft going back. I think a, a lot of our episodes are pretty timeless. So, yeah, I, that the back catalog. If you're if you're looking for discussion of any prospect, you will find several hours on probably like all of them. Uh, the, the back catalog is extensive, and yeah, and for this draft cycle, like pretty evergreen, I would say. Like our our opinions, of course, have changed uh, over the last seven months in in some regards. Uh, but yeah, you can. You can go back and listen uh, if you're starved for content because we've we've done many, many, many hours and episodes on on these 2020 guys because this has been the longest draft cycle in the history of the sport. Yeah, uh, I mean the podcast. I mean the support, the the downloads recently have I just been incredible. Like the, the the support has been so overwhelming. And again, thank you to all of the listeners who, who make the work that Max and I put into the show every week worth it, uh, who make it all make, it, we are so, so glad that we are reaching the people reaching and we're going to continue to pump out content, um, through the draft, after the draft, through the college basketball season. And, you know, for, for as long as we, you know, we, until we collapse of 
draft exhaustion. So with that, I think we'll outro this this part too. Again, thank you all for for, for listening. You can follow the pod at Prep to Pro Pod on Twitter, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave those five star reviews. Really do help. Follow Max at Max A Carlin on Twitter. You can follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. And with that, we will see you all next week.